Welcome to the Modern Agile Show. I am here with my friend John P. Cutler, who called me this morning and said, want to cut a show? I'm in town. And I said, sure thing. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, I mean, I got kind of bored. I was at the airport, and then I was like... That's what you want to do, folks. If you're bored at the airport... <laughs> come bored, to, at SF, yeah, come, bored at SFO. Come to Berkeley. Come, we'll, come make to Berkeley. A, we'll make a modern agile show. <laughs> a lot more exciting here than at the airport, for sure. Awesome. Well, it's great to have you, John. Uh, you are um, a wonderful member of the modern agile community, uh, an amazing product manager, um, a thought leader, and... and you know, you're constantly putting incredible stuff out there, thoughts and questions and consolidating what people think and putting out wisdom that you've accumulated over your many years of, of being in software and being around products. So um, it's just fantastic to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I remember, the, remember the first time that I saw the modern Agile principles and I think I immediately found myself gravitating towards those things and I, it keeps coming up in the writing even like when I mention it or don't mention it I keep coming back to these things so I, I love the community I, I like too that there's such a uh, overlap of different folks in the community so my my audience on you know Twitter or other things or medium tends to there's a lot of product a lot of UX folks yeah. and, and I wrote recently about modern agile just a, a brief post and I had so many people kind of get back to me from different communities, mm. and that was uh, that's nice to see because often the learning for these particular silos happens in silos, right? Yeah. You, there's not a lot of kind of cross. We talk about cross-functional teams, but we don't learn cross-functionally. Right. So we hang in our different communities, and, yeah. and that's it. We hang with the same people. Yep. If you're in UX, you're with UX folks. If you're in product <laughs> management, you're Absolutely. Yeah. I think some, do you think you're a cross cutting kind of person? Like you prefer to be in a, not with one kind of, uh, area. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I think one of the, I used to play music, I used to play in bands. And I think that there's one thing when you're, you're with that creative group of people and they're kind of weirdos and everyone's doing their own thing and they kind of have different, I mean, you're all musicians, right? I guess you could say that, but I guess I've always loved that idea of the merry band yes of creators and mm -hmm. so it's funny because often maybe i don't even quite fit in in those groups because when i'm with a group of let's say uh developers i often find myself more aligned with the developers than i do necessarily like other product folks yeah now when it, and you know i think that that's uh that's because i have this like intense interest and respect for for the the people just have their hands in it yes. right and do yes. those things and yes. so i think that there's you know i often say too that there's nothing that annoys me more than a, a product person who sort of swoops and poops and just doesn't really add any <laughs> swoops and poops well that's what they do I right? know, yeah, yeah and that's they, they see it's called seagull consulting seagull <laughs> that's awesome. the uh they just kind of come in there and they don't like the team wouldn't hire them if they controlled the bucket. Right. You know, they're just kind right. of like a coaxer and a pusher. Mm -hmm. And what I found at least is that the developers that I most relate to and who are the most passionate about what they're doing, they have an intense desire to know that their work is creating impact. Yes. And what's one of the things that really inspired me, I think the modern agile stuff inspired me because I remember 
I had a conversation with a developer and they said you know, they were they've been doing this for like two decades, like you or I or other people, and they said, yeah. you know what, I've I can always find interesting problems to solve, but I, I've given up on the whole valuable stuff and mm-hmm. the experiment stuff. And it was such a sad moment. Mm. It was incredibly sad because what they were saying is, you know what, I can always find an interesting problem, mm-hmm. but I have this deep passion for uh, experimentation and kind of doing the right thing. And and they were, I, I just thought made me so sad. It really resonated the thing about psychological safety. And it, it made me so sad that someone had kind of just give, given up on that. And then right. they're just like, well, you know, I'm always going to work at messed up companies. I'm always going to, yeah. it's always going to be dysfunctional, but mm-hmm. I've got my thing. And I, I remember mm-hmm. the principles and then seeing that and thinking, ah, oh, there's, I never want that to happen. Right. I never want anyone I'm working with to have that happen. Yeah, it's, uh, we were talking a little bit about this earlier. The, um, whether it is, is Modern Agile an individual practice? Is it something huh. you take on individually or right. is it something you take on as a team or an organization? Uh, you know, I'm influenced by Ashley Johnson, who basically said years ago that Agile is, a, is, a, is an individual sport. Yeah. That is, individuals travel through the Agile journey. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of going through this, the tiered change curve yeah. there in my hand. But, um, it's just programmed into your hand. <laughs> it right? is. Um, but it's basically... Um, you know, individuals travel through that curve differently. Yeah. The Virginia Satir change curve, if you don't know about that, just Google it. Satir is S-A-T-I-R. Um, but yeah, and so you could have people in the organization that are up here on the curve and then people that are way down there in the, in the, yeah. in the you know, depths of chaos. Um, so modern agile, yeah, it's supposed to be generative. Right. The whole point is to say, hey, there's four principles. <laughs> what do you want to do with them? What are you going to do with them? So, for example, I'd say you deliver value continuously because you're constantly, <laughs> you're constantly, you have a lot of good habits where you're saying, okay, I'm going to tell, tell a lot of bad habits. Well, all right. <laughs> I, I, let's talk about your good habits. The good, uh, you put stuff out every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been a lot. I mean, there's almost 300 posts at the moment. How do you do that? Are you driven by a principle like deliver value? Are you driven by deliver value continuously? Do you, do you think in the morning... I got to deliver something of value. <laughs> I do. You know, it's funny because it's, um, I think it's experiment and learn and then deli- deliver the value. I mean, honestly, yes. a lot yes. of the time the learning is the big part. A lot of the posts are kind of ruminating and they're going right. around. And, and I think that I, mm. I, I'm working out my own thinking mm-hmm. and I'm, and mm-hmm. I, the, it's nice that people, People definitely encourage me, and then they come back, and I'll get a message, and that really, really makes my day. Whenever I hear that, that's amazing. But a lot of the stuff is just learning, kind of building, helping my mental models emerge yes. and do those types of things. And yes. I happen to do it with writing. Yeah, yeah. But um, I take it. I do take it to the extreme. I mean, I some tips that I use is I have a. Uh, there's an app called Temi, which does like. Uh, uh, transcriptions automatically they're kind of crappy transcriptions also you just talk to it, and it but but all but you know where i live in santa barbara we have a nice place to go for a walk and it's the sun and i've realized that the worst place for me to think is sort of huddled up at a desk trying to type these things so i'll just take temi and have temi <laughs> like hey temi hey temi i love you temi but like i'll, I'll just i'll just talk to temi right so temi makes you awesome yeah, Tem- that app is great. And you know what's great about Temi is Temi doesn't take as long as the chat was to transcribe it. How long? How do you spell Temi? T E M I. 
TEMI. Okay. So the funny thing there is that you'll you know you'll talk for sixty minutes, and because it farms it out to the cloud and it just does what it does, it sends it back to you in like a minute. Oh. So that's awesome. There's a, there's another app called Flow State. Again, these things. So this actually is, is funny. Maybe we, we it's probably a good topic too. But Flow State in, imposes constraints. Yes. So the way that the Flow State app works is you start typing and you have to type for a specified amount of time. Otherwise, it disappears. <laughs> so the so idea that this stuff takes practice too. I remember with Flow State, I, I couldn't get through a minute. You know, notifications are buzzing in our life and all kinds of things. Like to get to three minutes and yourself, you're, there's a lot of doubt. You're kind of editing yourself while you're writing. It got to the so I started with three minutes and that was hard. So does it does it turn off all the notifications? Oh, it, it just blanks out the screen. Like it's yeah. very difficult to do anything. Of course, your phone is there, and if I'm using my iPad, yeah. it's another thing. But <laughs> but then you practice. It's just about practice, mm -hmm. and then it goes from three minutes to five to fifteen. Oh, it and, does that for you. So you'll well, you set the timer okay. as you get better at it, okay. right? But then it's got to the point where it's like sixty minutes. Yeah. So in sixty minutes, you can generate thousands of words. Yeah. They're not they're not all. Great, yeah. but yeah. they come from the heart, yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah. But it's funny, my mom will call, and so flow state is working there. And I, if I stop, all my writing will go away. <laughs> so I will sit and be like, I'll You're be pressing A, <laughs> I'll be pressing A, and do the, yeah. But that's oh. that's a great example of making people awesome. But mm. it's also, I think, a good example of something that's been fascinating me lately. Maybe you have thoughts on our. There's these forcing, forcing functions and constraints we use in a lot of like agile patterns and a lot of things that taken in a pot, taken with psychological safety mm -hmm. are so effective. Yeah, yeah. Taken without psychological safety, the exact same forcing function. And it's got to the point too, you know, I argue with people about sprints or not sprints, but then I realized it clicked in my mind. You're, you're, we hire these forcing functions and constraints to help us do positive things. Sure. The minute any of them can be abused, right. you know. Right. So that's the yeah. that's the thing. So so uh, flow yeah. state is my forcing function, and yes. it, it does something that happens to be awesome for me. Mm -hmm. But let's say I had a kid, yeah. and I wanted that kid to learn to be a writer, and every day I said, "Got to do the flow state." Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> their head would explode. Their head so. would explode. Yeah, no question. It's um, it's what's working and what works. Yes. And so, yeah. I mean, for you, I think you've found some tools and ways to con be a continuous learner. Yeah. And do that through writing, so delivering value continuously and experimenting and learning rapidly is what you're yeah. saying. What about the make people awesome and and make safety prerequisites? So how does that? <laughs> that's that's the north and south poles of of modern agile. Well, it's funny. I'm thinking about it from the product product managers, and man, if I could just get the word manager out. It's the only person called a manager who doesn't manage by traditional, you know, definitions of management. So yeah. one thing, I, I, I love being just product advocate, and back to that, actually, I'm making people awesome. Mm -hmm. If I was structuring organizations, or when I tell people to, I would rather that the PM be aligned to an actor mm -hmm. and their goal, like, be the support evangelist right you know if you're building a customer yep. support product or be yeah. the you know accounting efficiency lover you yeah. Know? yeah so i think yeah. that that's a funny i mean and that's making the user awesome that's, that's making that's the a, user that's a, yeah advocate for the user exactly and i think that one thing you notice a lot with especially in the really complex environments that i've been working in lately that we we use the word product so flippantly and we use the word customer so flippantly 
If you and I are working together, I want you to be my partner. Even if I'm making an internal tool for you, I want us to both remember that there's a customer out yes. there. So I think that the word customer or user is, is sacred yes. you know, for those things. And I think that, you, you know, this, and it, 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 the funny thing, there's a progression here. A lot of people who have not even embraced any product or UX ideas come from a very steady project culture. Mm-hmm. So just having a product person there is great. Yeah. Great. We have a product person. We're just doing any UX. Like we're not going to send out the alert to all of Hawaii. Right, right. right. <laughs> We're not going to do those things. But it's a progression. Like, that's just the start. Yeah. Once you get through that, then the companies, a lot of companies I'm dealing with are saying things like, how do we think about what we're doing across 60 teams? Or, you know, how do we keep remembering that the customer is important? So you can imagine some of these products have 20 touch points. And the actors are moving all across them so it's kind of funny like it starts with no product thinking then it gets to some product thinking that's what people call me about sometimes lately we need product thinking and then i kind of say well you know we could start there but the evolution is almost like service thinking yeah it's almost customer thinking yeah it's right? customer level thinking exactly to do it so i think that um i hopefully that answers your question well, that's I think what make people awesome is about to make people awesome and then the safety part it's Again, I mean, safety, I think it might have been Arlo Belshi or someone who said, like, scaling is fundamentally the question of what has to stay consistent, what must stay consistent, and what you spend and lose and sacrifice to keep it consistent. Yes. And so I think about, as a product person, that's what I think about with safety. There's many ways to get highly conformant systems with people, and you can hire a bunch of pro- uh, project managers. You can do a lot of things, um, but you you can suck all the energy, yeah. all the yeah. happenstance, like all the like brilliant mistakes mm-hmm. out of the room to do it. Yeah. So that's when I think about safety. I think safety becomes when you have that kind of. And now sometimes some safety does require that level of kind of, we need that to be consistent. We need mm-hmm. our customers to be safe mm-hmm. whenever they're doing that. Right. And then the question comes, like, how much do you lose as a company to achieve that one level? Can you come up with a brilliant hack yeah. and experiment or learn? Can you experiment or learn to achieve that level of consistency and safety without screwing over other customers or screwing over people in your company. So, you know, I don't know, it's a fascinating, like, balance, I think. It really is. I mean, I, I think if you're making people awesome, you are, you care about them. Yeah. Whether they're your employees or staff in your organization or the actual user. Yeah. Once someone feels cared about, yeah. truly cared about, not BS, but real care, Yeah. all of a sudden, then they may be open to, to some of the safety things you want to do. Yeah. Um, and I... I, I I think we take for granted, we make a product, yeah. and then we take for granted that the core of the product works. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've used, <laughs> I've used a product or a service where the fundamental thing it's supposed to be able to do, yeah. it's lousy at. And meanwhile, the company is, they're long past doing the fundamental <laughs> thing. They're off to doing all kinds they're of They're very bells. up into the right. Yeah. They're up into the right. They're <laughs> off doing bells and whistles. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to use your calendar scheduling app to like let people schedule meetings with me. <laughs> I've gone in there, I've told it what days I'm available. I've done everything I can. Now I need to give them a URL to give out to say, start using this little product. Yeah. I can't find <laughs> the URL. So I did all this work to basically set up a calendar system yeah. and I can't find the URL. I yeah. finally, the second or third day that I got into that system, I finally found it. 
by chance. Uh, this is the well, fundamental you know, thing. testing is actually I because I was I did a fair amount of UX research before, and what I've noticed back to the psychological safety side is it. This is what I, I say this to companies. So like, I'll ask a group of product people like, okay, what, what were the last 10 decisions you made? Which ones worked out? Which, which ones could you learn from it and fail? Wonderful question. And what I learned the hard way is that you need so much safety in the room to actually ask that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then right, what I started- I'll be, You'll be like, oh, you just put my back up against the wall. I'm gonna yeah. say whatever, whatever's <laughs> gonna protect me is what I'm gonna say, not the truth. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's, so what's interesting too is that even measurement, I'm a big sort of data person for these things, even measurement is an iterative thing. And measurement so, can scare people too. And measurement can be a trust proxy and measurement can be a safety proxy. And it, it can be a lot of things that aren't helpful. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times you'll measure something and the first time around you'll be like, ah, crap. Yeah. We really measured something the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We tried something very minimal and it was a lot more complex than we thought. Mm -hmm. And if you're worried in your company about, oh, that's it, mm -hmm. team's terrible, yeah. or anything like that. So but with UX research, a lot of times just usability testing your product mm -hmm. can, can require safety, requires safety for the customer. Mm -hmm. You actually have to let them know that there's no bad, you're never wrong. You know, just because you couldn't find it means you're wrong. And it means you also have to get the developers and UX folk in the room and just sort of say, we might have been totally off base. Yeah. So back to that question, when, you, when you've when you nailed it is when you get a group of PMs together and they're like, well, you know what? Six out of the 10 decisions we made, not great, but we pivoted out early. Yeah, which is a fantastic outcome. That's fine. Four of them, three of them were, were pretty good and one of them completely changed our business. Yeah, which you is know, to do those things. And, and that's where I think that to me, that wraps up all the things you have to experiment and learn. Yeah. You have to try to deliver value consistent, uh, you know, continuously, and then you have to make everyone awesome, like the customers and everyone awesome, and then you need to make it safe to make it okay to fail. Mm -hmm. Because if someone, it's funny when people brag to me about, well, you know, we have ninety-five percent project success rate. Well, usually, <laughs> all I all I actually take away from that is you must be in a business. You're either in a business where everything is so predictable. Mm -hmm. That the only you know you're you're chasing after tiny percentage points of, of gain every year, mm -hmm. or you're making you're, you're you've taken all the novelty and sort of hap, uh, sort of crazy mistakes out of the thing. You you don't want that maybe. And you might be ripe for disruption too. Right. I mean, exactly. So you're you're polishing something that uh, you yeah. know, just simple polishing, <laughs> but that's a little scary too. I think the. Like the thing I'm starting to come to is that, like, like where do you begin with the modern agile principles? Where do you start? And yeah. I'm, I, I think what you're saying is you start a lot of times with experiment and learn rapidly, yeah. which I think makes a lot of sense. Um, in some ways, I think I'm moving more towards starting with make people awesome, which is to say, mm -hmm. I've got to establish the relationship with yeah. the people with whom I work, yeah. with my customers, with my stakeholders. I've got to establish a relationship with a set of trust, you know, Spend time with them, yeah. So they understand where I'm coming from. I'm not trying to make safety prerequisite on them to scare them. Yeah. I am trying to make them awesome, make us all awesome. Yeah. And they have to deeply understand that, and know that I'm not out to get them, and then I can bring in safety and experimenting all this other stuff. That's fascinating, you know. And then what that makes me think of too is that sometimes you haven't really grokked what safety means. Right. So for, and, and actually, th this is a great point. So I deal with, I'm of the type, 
right, who's just into the kind of radical candor, radical transparency, flatten out the organization. Is that our time box? Is it done? Can we keep talking? I don't know what that means. So we will try <laughs> to keep talking. And we're going to experiment and learn right now. We're gonna, we're gonna it see. might have started, I don't know what the hell it's doing. Or was that the timer? Oh, that could have been the timer. All right. Well, <laughs> never mind. Uh, oh, we were starting, okay. We were talking about uh, where to start. Where to start. And so what I was noticing is a big personal realization is I'm of this kind of radical candor, transparency, flatten out the org, get everyone in the room, you yes. know, call, call the kettle black kind of person. Yep. But a big learning of mine has been that's not everyone's version of initial safety. Right. You know, that that's, that's not right. um that's that's my version. And that's mm. something that uh has been meaningful for me in the, the the modern agile principles is that we're almost we're it's very meta we're experimenting and learning on our own version of what these principles mean yes we are and so i actually like that um that it's a, it's an interesting thought because before maybe if you'd asked me like a couple of months ago i would have said well establish establish that safety is a prerequisite now what you notice when a lot of people say safety is a prerequisite that's actually them saying like I want to continue this thing. I want to do this thing that it feels really good to me, but everyone has been pushing back on furiously. Mm -hmm. And you see that a lot, even in, in the modern modern Agile Slack. And I've been that guy. I've been the person posting like, well, why don't they understand? Like, I totally mean well. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's a personal journey that you take to understand. And that's what I actually like. Like, maybe it's sort of experimenting, learning about the person. What, what, what makes... What, what do you think is awesome? I might assume that you, Josh, think that all this stuff is awesome, but that's just me just grafting it on you. That's right. right. We, so, we, we, we don't know what each other's thinking, and we, we try to roll out these improvement initiatives, yeah. and we have, we have broken relationships yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Or, or just they're afraid. They're, they have issues. Yeah. And you almost have to get through that. Like we were going to roll out some chartering here internally at Industrial Logic, and um, a, a really smart consultant that is helping us named Vanessa Shaw came in and said, "Why don't you start with appreciations? You know, let's do some <laughs> let's do some appreciations first before we roll out chartering." And it's like that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and that I think goes to that make people awesome is yeah. Let's appreciate each other. Let's let's help each other. You know, understand our our intentions and all that stuff, so that it paves the way for these principles to really take hold. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Just connecting on that level. With people, yeah, and I have a question here from oh. our modern agile community. So, some uh, Don, there is a community, so you can join the Slack channel. So you can join the Slack, <laughs> our modern agile Slack. Please do thing. the yes. Slack thing. We have it on Facebook. We have a Facebook crew too, but there's a lot more activity on Slack. So, Don asks you specifically, uh, what is your biggest frustration when working with a new organization? Oh wow. That's evolved definitely over the years. Actually, back to what we were just uh, talking about, in the sense that, man, I, I have to say I'm no ninja with this stuff. I, I come in with a lot of energy, full force. Oh, I can't 100%, believe that. You know? I, I, I <laughs> no, can't I, believe that. My, at all. my biggest, my biggest frustration. What, what's interesting to me is I think that my biggest frustration is, 
I am such a diehard systems thinker mm -hmm. to the opposite. And I had a great conversation with uh, Ben Thompson. He's the co-founder of Git Prime, which is like a startup they're based in Durango. And we were talking about different mindsets, you know, that there's, there's diehard systems thinkers. Yeah. Now, if something's out of place for me, if the system is off, I'm paralyzed. Right. Right. I will keep on digging down to the biggest root cause. So my, my problem in organizations is in a week, I figured out what the, like the problem is, right? At least my perception of the problem. And so I can't get it out of my head. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so, it's so when very, they want you to work on, on the superficial stuff, you're right. like, but, but there's this thing here. And I think what's special about that back to the make people awesome thing. And, and I think that, you know, the future of work is that we don't have these monocultures. We have diversity people have learned to have the crucial conversations and in a respectful, not enforcing like, I'm gonna have, you know, radical candor to me, you know, radical, you know, I worked for a company where the, one of the things was brutal honesty and like, eh, I don't know. Do well, but like, she's good, uh, Kim Scott in her book, Radical Candor, is very good it's about very good. making the distinction between yeah. like good, radi <laughs> good radical candor. And I like the word radical. See, I can yeah. hang with radical, mm -hmm. like brutal is a little tough, but. Brutal is tough. So I think, yeah, for that would be the question for, I'm answering just me personally. Yeah, is that, is is that you take in, um, and that's actually an interesting learning for me. I think that when approaching a new organization, you know, let's just say you come in with an onboarding group into your company, is pairing with people. Yeah. yeah. You know, like try, are, are you, can you experience this system mm -hmm. with another group of people? Because when you come into a new org, you're there, you're alone, you haven't made connections yet. You're in your own, you're not reality checking your experience. Right. So back to the Make People Awesome Connect. Mm -hmm. The, one of the biggest things is there's such a pressure to get busy right away. And I think that like that's a great takeaway for companies is leave a month for that person to have 100 one-on-ones and have coffee. Get to know people. Get, get to know people, what motivates them. Mm -hmm. Bring that onboarding onboarded group of people and just don't just throw them into this one little space. Like get them to like deeply understand what's happening. In that's the what a system thinker would say because yeah. a system thinker is going to look at the big system and go like what what's the – how could we really make an impact right. versus superficial things? Yeah, and, and actually that point, yeah, the diversity. Maybe some people just like to get to work right away. They learn by just cranking it out. Which is fine. Those people are fine. Totally. We need the John P. Cutlers coming in <laughs> and also doing the, the systems thinking. So I mean, remember, the canary in the coal mine does die, right? Like, <laughs> there's no, there's, yeah. no, um, there's well, no badge for being a canary in the coal mine. That's is so that true. Right? Yes. <laughs> you don't well, get your scout badge. Anyway, it's been a pleasure chatting sure. with you. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'm sure we'll have to have you back again. There's so much more to talk about. Yeah. So uh, thanks for being here. Absolutely. And, uh, I had a great time. And I, I love the community and, and watching it grow, too. So Well, we love having you part of the community. So yeah. uh, thanks for being My pleasure. a part. And uh, we'll see you next time. Please share the show with others and uh, like us on, on where? YouTube and everywhere else. Um, the places where people go. That's right. And the town squares yes. of the future. And we'll see you for the next episode. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you.